This week, we'll start off with a conversation with Leji Kafur, former CEO and founder of Future Fields and the recently named president of Cult Food Science. Plus, we'll hear about a new spinoff from UltaML and Compass Law that combines artificial intelligence and legal innovation, as well as a look at other news from the Edmonton ecosystem. Hi, I'm Faiza Ramji. And I'm Emily Rendell-Watson, and this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. So to start off this week's episode of Bloom, we have Leji Gafur on to tell us about his recent announcement that he's left Future Fields to join an investment platform that's focused on advancing the development of novel technologies for cellular agriculture. If you haven't heard about Future Fields before, it's a Y Combinator-backed cell agriculture startup based right here in Edmonton, and Leji is one of the co-founders alongside Matt and Jeline Anderson-Barron. He was also the CEO until last June when he shifted into the chief product officer role, which we'll hopefully get into in our conversation in a little bit. Uh, so this announcement came out last week that Leji was joining Cult Food Science, so I reached out to him to ask about the move and what this means for Edmonton more broadly. So I'm in a position now to support the growth of cellular agriculture and precision fermentation more broadly. And the problems that I feel we will face tomorrow, I mean, they still remain unsolved when it comes to food security and climate change. Uh, and I am hyper-focused on acting on them as I can today, really from my perspective I really think about how we can't simply hope that change will come, that we really have to create that change through our actions. Uh, so my switch gives me a uh, much broader viewpoint to really focus on the development of the ecosystem and invest in innovative companies uh, around the world who are in a position to make this change. Okay, so really just a case of instead of tackling this in a narrower way, hands-on, you're really just hoping to take that knowledge and, and apply it across the spectrum to a variety of different companies and who are working in this space. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of personal motivations when it comes to these problems. And that's really what it is, is to be able to have a, a larger viewpoint when it comes to dealing with these issues. In terms of future fields, are you going to be staying involved or connected at all? Or will you have any role there going forward? Oh, well, Future Fields is an extremely fast-moving startup. Uh, so given the nature of the work, I am fully focused on uh, cult moving forward. And you'd also transitioned last June, it looks like, from CEO of Future Fields to chief product officer. Why, why was that move made? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're in a startup, uh, you have to be flexible and pivot when necessary. And we made the switch to try to better accommodate the pace and the steps that we needed to take moving forward at the time. It's definitely one of those things where, I mean, you go from three people to five people to 10 people and beyond. And once you start to get to that stage of growth, uh, I mean, you're doubling the number of connections and the people you need to keep in touch with more than once a year uh, when you're a fast growing startup. So it's really just to accommodate uh, what we needed to achieve at the time. And you had been good friends with the other co-founders of Future Fields as well before you'd started the company together. Was that a difficult decision to make to leave or, or had that been something that you'd been thinking about for a while? 
Oh, of course, it's difficult. Uh, none of that stuff is ever easy, but it is all about driving towards that change that all three of us actually uh, want to see in the world. Is this something you had been thinking about for a while then, or was this just an opportunity that came up that really caught your eye in terms of, like you mentioned, the bigger change that you're hoping to work towards? Oh, well, I can't comment too much in detail, but this is definitely a matter of uh, opportunity for me with this switch to be able to have that ecosystem viewpoint. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, cult food science and your, your new role and maybe a little bit as well about what you're hoping to tackle as you move into this role? So called Food Science, I am in the president role. It is the first of its kind in North America. So Cult Food Science provides investors with the ability to support the most innovative startup, private and early stage cultivated meat, cultured dairy and cell based food companies around the world. So really, we offer investors democratized access to our portfolio companies that are advancing the development these novel technologies to provide that sustainable environmental and ethical solutions for the future of food. Uh, so there's already been strategic investments made by the group across innovative companies working on things like cultivated beef, fish, chicken, and even cultured honey produced without bees. In addition to that, cult goes beyond investment and they're also focused on helping drive cell-based foods forward through our uh, science research and IP aggregation platform, Celex, uh, where there's a big focus on cell-based production methods and commodities to really uh, drive this industry forward. Uh, so there's a multi-pronged approach to making this new future food from here in Canada. So for people who are totally new to this in terms of cultured meat and, and other products, can you maybe just take a few steps back and, and explain a little bit what we're even talking about in terms of, you know, the future of food here? For those that are not familiar, things like cellular agriculture, it is taking the cells of an animal and using those cells to create the same everyday products that you see on the shelves today through biotechnology. And the important part is it presents an opportunity to make these everyday food products using substantially less land, water, and other resources to be able to address things like climate change or even make things available that have never been available before to broader consumers, like companies working on exotic things like lion meat or things like that. And then it goes down the chain of production to things like collagen production and so on to really make this full food production chain using these different techniques. But it really is taking about the base elements uh, and turning them into the same products that you see today. So in terms of those areas that you're hoping to tackle, I think some of them that you had mentioned were IP development, scientific incubation, and patent aggregation initiatives. What do those things mean? Ah, uh, yeah. 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 The <laughs> For the average person like what myself. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, so we're in a position to help, let's say, researchers, academics, even brand, brand new startups where they may have particular invention or approach that they feel strongly will actually help this mission. Uh, and it could be really hard 
to actually get started on that stuff. I mean, like making a business is super hard. Uh, definitely knowing around that and especially so with biotechnology. Mm -hmm. uh, so we support those really early stage ideas through collaboration, joint ventureships and so on to take these technologies from the idea stage through IP development to making sure that these are uh, commercially viable ideas to support these uh, novel food technologies. Now, Cult is Vancouver-based, I believe, but yes. you're planning on staying in Edmonton for now. When you think about, especially you now being based here, how is this going to impact Edmonton and, and companies here that are interested in this space, you know, potentially even like future fields? Oh, well, I would really hope that if there's anyone at all in Alberta that is thinking about getting involved or starting a cellular agriculture or advanced food tech company uh, to definitely reach out to me. Cult is globally distributed, has a very large focus, and I would definitely like to see more companies take the leap into this space across Canada and Alberta and to uh, come forward with their ideas. So hopefully I could actually help them get it off the ground and make their way towards a successful business. Will you be keeping a particular eye on cellular agriculture startups based in Alberta? And, you know, especially with you being here, like I'm sure you're, you're quite familiar with those who are working in this sector in the province and, and more locally as well. Is that something that you'll be keeping in mind as you start the new role in the next couple of weeks? Very actively, yes. There is so much stuff I wish I could tell you uh, that I could not yet divulge. But yes, I will be keeping a very keen eye on any new developments that happen here in Alberta or Canada-wide. And I hope to help foster new developments as I can. When you say that, you know, like looking for cellular agriculture startups to reach out if they're looking for funding or, you know, really want to get started potentially or need support, what about that as you're looking to support them? What about that outreach? Like, are there things in mind that you have of, that you'd like to see to actually find these companies that are, you know, maybe a little bit like finding a needle in a haystack, but sometimes like really developing uh, important products or work that that can be the difference in this space? This is a bit of a general answer, but like one thing that I've definitely seen is taking that like first step, that kind of like zero to one and getting started with a new idea, especially in this space, is there's not a lot of scaffold for someone to hang on to, uh, especially if they have not attempted to do a startup before or really turn an idea they might have into something that is commercially viable. So what I'm really hoping to support and what I want to see is just those brave people who want to attempt to get into this regardless of their idea and to just bring it forward as soon as possible. And that's there is so much interest and investment in this space that now is the perfect time to get involved, regardless of what the idea is or how good someone may think it be. Uh, now is the time to really try to create and develop those commercial applications for this space so you can get actual feedback on it uh, from investors and customers. Uh, so I just want to see as many people possible here in Alberta and Canada-wide getting involved in this space. 
Yeah, I think that that's something we see so much of is, you know, like the call out for companies to come forward. One thing that I'd love to see more of, you know, whether it's in in any kind of innovation that we're talking about is really for the investment opportunities to also go and seek out the companies that maybe don't know where to look or don't know where to start in terms of getting that funding. I think that it, it's kind of like finding that balance of of both ways is an interesting, tricky thing to figure out, but certainly important as well. In terms of your experience with future fields, you have so much knowledge when it comes to cellular agriculture startups. How are you going to be bringing that forward into this new role? Really, it will be at the start, at least, a huge focus on building up uh, the ecosystem and network with the team at Cult. There is a lot of expertise called in the companies that we have investment in and with our advisory board and even beyond that. So I'll be really focused on binding all those threads together to help Cult grow and succeed and help our portfolio companies get to market as quickly as possible. So to really be about bringing everything together and uh, pushing this forward as hard as I can. Well, I know that you're very early into this. Um, and it was just, I think, last week is that right? That the announcement was made. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> obviously putting you on the spot a little bit in terms of some of these questions. But as you think more broadly, and you know, this is exciting for you personally and exciting, I think, for Edmonton as well, certainly when it comes to this area in particular, when you think about Edmonton, is there anything else you'd like to add about how you hope that this new opportunity for you also bolsters innovation here in our city? Oh, yes, 100%. And I know I keep using this word, but it's that ecosystem word. There's such a huge difference between trying to, and I'm definitely speaking broadly, between trying to create something that, let's say, is software-based, where you really can, as an individual person, take a computer and build something, if you know how to do it, in your own home. Uh, Whereas with hard tech or biotech, there's this massive barrier to getting space and equipment uh, because it's, it's a physical thing. You can't necessarily just go do it. So my hope would be to help foster and develop those opportunities, those facilities, those avenues for people to really get over that first hurdle of having access to tools, space, and expertise here in Alberta and in Canada broadly to get those ideas off the ground. I think Edmonton is really capable of providing this and it's just a matter of building up that ecosystem, we'll use that word again, with the people and expertise. And here with my team at Cult, we can offer as much knowledge and support in creating those new ventures as, as a uh, entrepreneur would need. Now, you're staying in Edmonton for now. Are you planning on staying here long term or because the company is based in Vancouver, you're going to have to to take off at some point? That is still uh, open for the foreseeable future. I'll be staying in Edmonton. The company is globally distributed. And uh, right now it will continue uh, to be that way into the future. Well, thanks, Leji. Yeah, thank you. Faiza, so what do you think about what this means for Edmonton. You you just heard our conversation. What does the move, what are the implications of this move? It's great to, that Leggy is still staying in Edmonton physically. It's always nice to have 
people who are innovating in different fields and thinking about bigger problems that we're trying to solve in the world. Um, in terms of him moving to a different company, I actually think in this case, it's pretty exciting. He mentioned it in his interview, but the fact that we have a champion of cellular agriculture and the future of food right here in Edmonton, I think means that we've got a resource and a champion. And so as Future Fields and other companies start to try to make inroads in this space, I think having Leggy here is actually a really good thing for us because we just have access to the wider investment community and hopefully somebody that has a little bit of a soft spot for Edmontonians. Not that I think he's going to take it easy on us when it comes to trying to to get some funding, but just the fact that there's somebody who's not overlooking us in something that we're not necessarily known for just yet. So I think with the attention of Y Combinator and what that brings for people, along with now having Leggy leading this organization out in Vancouver, I just think it's more eyes on Edmonton and, and it's a good thing for sure. Yeah. And and hopefully he stays here. And I, I totally agree with you, you know, like whether or not he's leaving Future Fields, which is based here and, and joining Cult, which obviously is out of Vancouver. Ultimately, the more folks we have, whether they're working for an Edmonton company or not, that are actually bringing attention here and uh, you know, have their eyes locally on, on what's being developed is really just a win for more and more folks. So that's good to see as well. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. And here is a message from our sponsor. Innovate Edmonton, we are elevating our city as a global capital of innovation, a thriving center of inspiration, ingenuity, and growth. Our role is to empower you as local innovators, connecting you to capital and customers, helping you to achieve your goals and make a global impact. We're supporting career-defining jobs for a rapidly changing world where companies, consumers, and investors are looking for a triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity. When global investment looks at Edmonton, we can demonstrate an innovation ecosystem working in harmony with healthy access to capital, collaborative communities, and a competitive spirit. Go to InnovateEdmonton.com today to learn how to accelerate your business. All right. Well, taking a look at what else is coming up in the news and that's happened over the past little while in innovation, Ultimel and Compass Law that is out of Ottawa are jointly launching JuraSage AI, which is a venture that combines artificial intelligence and legal innovation. And its first product that's called My Junior will use AI to improve the workflow of legal professionals by saving time when it comes to gathering information. So I did talk to Colin Lachance that's actually based in Ottawa, but he went to law school in Edmonton and lived here for quite a number of years. And, and obviously, he's teamed up with AltaML to launch this venture. And I asked him a little bit about this concept of cross-country collaboration in a way. And he talked about, and I really like this, he talked about how AI isn't exclusively a local development activity. It's a national capacity building thing. And he also talked about how the talent in Edmonton is honestly comparable to somewhere like Silicon Valley. You know, it's really this world-class talent and he's familiar with Edmonton. It's a familiar place. So to be able to merge those things together was really important to him. And I thought it was a really good example of this idea that, you know, sometimes that 
we're based in Edmonton and we get so ingrained in like developing things here and really owning our wins that we forget that it is really when you think about the larger success like of Alberta and of Canada that if we do all work together, there's a, a much bigger chance that something, not just capacity building, but that something great will come out of, of all of these collaborations. So I think that was really neat to see. Yeah, I agree. I think the model that Alta ML has built about creating these joint ventures with people in different industries is a great way of spreading what we've got in Edmonton across the country and hopefully across the world. I used to chat with Corey Jansen about this when I was doing some work uh, in the AI space and he was trying to explain what AI and machine learning are. The way he talks about it is like, it's an enablement layer. It's not an industry vertical, right? It's a horizontal. And so the more that we can build this horizontal layer of talent here around ML and around AI, then we can kind of partner with anybody to develop really interesting innovations in different spaces. And so, you know, even like a place like Edmonton that's known for energy, well, think about what you can do for energy when you start applying machine learning and AI. Think about what you can do for legal, as we're seeing with Compass Law. Think about what you can do for investments or the financial sector with what they're doing with AIMCO. So I I really like that national capacity building. That's a really great way of putting it. And it's another way that we can grow companies here and keep talent excited about staying here without necessarily having all of this having to happen in our backyard. And I think that goes really well into the next thing I want to mention, which is that Cam Linke, the CEO of Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute, said recently told the journal, I believe, that Alberta-based companies in the province really do need to start investing in artificial intelligence now because this field is just continually picking up speed. And I think the more I see these announcements, you know, I talked to obviously Altamel this week about Jurisage and and that coming to be, but that's not the first conversation I've had with them this month about exciting things happening in this space of AI and machine learning. So he told Postmedia that it's really this special time at the intersection of engineering where it can be applied and science, this field like that's continuing to learn and grow and do new things. And I think that there's so much potential here that really capitalizing on on that, whether that's in legal innovation or, or really any other sector is like, this is the time to do it. And it's nice to see the CEOs and Cam at Amy, like calling on the province and, and other companies that have potential that maybe aren't working in AI, but like are law firms, et cetera, that could start to apply this technology to what they're doing to to make it even better. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing a lot of research in AI for a long time at the university. And there's also been other industries where we have a really rich history in on the research side, but we've always had trouble commercializing that research. And I think part of it is because that demand for commercialization needs to come from the companies themselves. There used to be a lot of organizations like Tech Edmonton and others who try to help scientists commercialize their technology and spin it out of universities. But that doesn't always work. You need, I think you need real life businesses who want to see that kind of technology augment the customers they're trying to help or to create like a really unique growth opportunity or revenue opportunity in order for people to actually support it. And so the more we can empower CEOs to think about it, um, I think the better it is, right? And I do think the province needs to get behind it too, because we need to keep pushing ourselves further and further. Otherwise, we're going to get left behind and we're going to give away that advantage that we have. So yeah, I think Cam's right. And I would love to see like more private industry think tanks or 
imagine like a, a camp of some sort where you had a bunch of CEOs in a room trying to think about how AI could push their industry or their company forward. That would be pretty fun. I think maybe I'll chat with Cam about that, but I think so yeah. that's something Amy should be doing is like a summer camp for CEOs. Mm, yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Summer camp for CEOs, 2022. Um, as long as I can no, collect royalties yeah. on that idea, yeah. I think I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no, I love that idea. I often wonder, is there hesitancy from CEOs? Like sometimes you're just so set in the way that your company works and you know that you have a proven method and kind of like the worry that if you're introducing some of this newfangled stuff that it might not pay off for you. Do you think that's something that that is a problem sometimes in Alberta? Um, I don't know if that's it or if it's just that we don't have mature enough organizations. And I don't mm -hmm. mean that disrespectfully. I mean it more in terms of size and longevity is like we don't have companies that are in that sweet spot where they have excess capacity that can think about these big ideas. And I think that's the problem. Like you need to be able to experiment. You need to be able to think on different time horizons and Maybe that's where there's a bit of a gap in some of our Alberta enterprises. Also, I think it's incentive. Like I think about this a lot is that if I was a company and I was doing really well in a very traditional sector and I had somebody leading the company that is just incentivized to keep things rolling as is, then where's my motivation to learn about something new or, or think about really bold, crazy ideas that have as much upside as they do risk. You know, whenever I think there's something lacking, I think about the incentive behind it and where's the incentive to think a bit bigger or a bit differently. Um, so maybe that's it. And I think for Alberta companies, we just need to spend as much time thinking about 10 years out, five years out, as we do thinking about the next two years or three years. And so maybe it's just extending the time horizon. Okay. Well, the two other things that I wanted to mention were, I think, pretty exciting and a great example of the really cool things that are happening in Edmonton. So the first is that Edmonton International Airport has teamed up with a company called Ira, which is an online service that helps visually impaired people navigate. So if you go to the airport, you can download the app and use it. And then the app will help you call an agent who will in real time guide you through the area using information in your smartphone. I think super innovative idea and you know something really valuable to have. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording the episode today about how innovative EIA really has been. And it's neat to see some of the ideas that are coming out of there. Yeah, I'm a huge EIA fan. I think the work that they're doing to you know, really push the experience for passengers is amazing. We all have our stories about what we love and hate about airports. And I think we've all been to a number of airports where we complain about the security lineups or, or whatever it might be. But I think from a passenger experience standpoint, EIA is doing an amazing job. Like I think, you know, they were kind of one of the first to be ahead of the curve on scanning your boarding pass to, mm, to yeah. you know, the digital check-in thing. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in, in line for security, not yeah. a very nice way of eloquent way of saying it, but you know what I mean? And, um, but even like in the background, like thinking about how they can do things like use technology to optimize the baggage and cargo loading and unloading, you know, how they have started this AATC at the airport, this aerospace and aviation technology center, where they're partnering with companies to say, Hey, here's a problem that we're facing in aviation or in aerospace. We want to give you some space on our giant parcel of land to solve this problem and will be potentially your first customer for it. Like, I think that's the way to partner with other smaller companies that can think 
bigger about these problems and can actually try to solve them. Like I remember talking to Myron Keene at the airport and he was talking about things like even just getting paint chips on an airplane can be so expensive of a problem to solve because of the fact that it changes the aerodynamics of the plane when it's in the air. And so oh, having proper yeah, and so having proper training for how things are loaded and unloaded is really important. So they were working with Sirius Labs out of Edmonton who was going to create like a simulation, a training simulation for their staff. So they could teach them how to properly move that, um, you know, the thing that you walk through to get onto the plane, the little bridge, you know, moving those kinds of things and and stuff like that. Any, any place where you could actually nick the paint on the plane, they were working on that. They were working on, they have like a, an alternative energy generator that can heat up an airplane without using, it's like a carbon positive way of warming up airplanes. It's called, the company is called Absolute Combustion and they are basically like a clean burning heater that can heat up an airplane way quicker than traditional and also emit way less byproduct like carbon and, and things like that. So just anything that they they can do to improve the whole experience and the business of flying, I think EIA is doing. And to me, that's really exciting because if, if we think about the impact of air travel, if we're able to start working on that here and we're the first customers, then ultimately that's just going to lead to more innovation. So I'm a big fan of the airport. Yeah, that's some of the things you were just mentioning. I had I didn't even know were going on, and it's it always amazes me. There's so much stuff always going on in the background that you don't hear about, and you know, obviously at Taproot we're, we're talking about quite a bit of this, hopefully, and and want to continue to cover that. But it's all those little bits and pieces that kind of make different entities and systems work that you don't hear about, but are fascinating that they're going yeah. on. Well, that's um, the problem with yeah. uh, with our city is that we just we don't talk about things very much. Like we're we're overly humble. I know I've said this before, but that's why things like these partnerships with companies like Compass Law or doing things that are Y Combinator backed or things like that are really exciting because then we can tap into those organizations' PR and storytelling machines, and maybe other people can talk about Edmonton to make up for the fact that our companies are are a yeah. little bit quieter. Well, speaking of flying, very corny segue. But um, (laughs) I also, the the other thing I was going to mention was that researchers from the U of A have recently partnered with Arium Analytics to send out automated drones that look like predatory birds to scare away other birds from dangerous industrial areas like oil sands operations. So that's really cool. And uh, the project also received $1 million in funding through the Clean Resource Innovation Network digital oil and gas technology competition for that work as well. Really important work and and hopefully we'll be able to continue because that's, you know, especially in Alberta, something that I think we want to see more and more of. I'm I'm excited to see that happen. And I think, you know, when we think about energy and oil and gas, we always think about, you know, the images that we're not overly excited about or we mm-hmm. feel you know, like are so traditional and so harmful to our environment. Yeah, but we disheartening we forget. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then there's things like this that are helping, you know, keep wildlife away and save them. That I think that's amazing. I just want to fly one of those birds. Like I want to. Yeah, right. <laughs> how do we get our hands on them? <laughs> Can I get a remote control? Forget like, <laughs> forget regular drones. Just give me a predatory yeah. bird drone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fly around old Strathcona. Exactly. That doesn't seem problematic <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> as we look towards next week, um, just a reminder for companies that are listening that the Clean Tech Investment Summit applications are closing on February 8th, and that's targeted towards companies with products, services, or technology that reduce greenhouse gases. 
And that's it for this week for Bloom. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And you can also visit taprootedmonton.ca for the latest innovation news. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Dave Von Beeker and cover art by Vicky Wersinski. <laughs>